Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat. The Pilgrims are back in action at the weekend and back to winning ways as well with a superb 1-0 win at Bolton Wanderers in the FA Cup. Joining me to look back on that result are our podcast regulars, Chris Errington and Jack Ball. Hi, guys. We just got back. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a long old poke up to Bolton, isn't it? It, is a, it was a very long day to get up there and back, but we're back and I think it's made it a little bit easier, isn't it, Chris, when we've seen uh, our goal victorious? Yes. Yeah, it was uh, getting towards midnight, wasn't it, when we got back and uh, it wasn't that uh, long before we got back to Plymouth before the team bus. Mm. Uh, we saw the team bus, didn't we, on the, on the A38 as we splashed our way down through the rain although I'm not sure that many of the team necessarily would have been on the bus with it being in the northwest I think a few might have stayed up there yeah. uh, for the weekend um, a few of the players stayed up to play um, in a game on Sunday which we'll talk about in a yeah. minute in the Premier League Cup um, so there probably wasn't too many on the bus but yeah we got home safely a 1-0 win Argyle into the hat for the second round so yeah it was a good, a good day for Argyle absolutely well before we go any further I owe you an apology, Chris, because we did the quiz last week and one of the questions I put to you was who was Argyle's first non-English and Scottish manager and your answer was... Billy Bingham. It was indeed. I think if I remember right. It was indeed. And um, I must admit, I looked at the answers on Wikipedia where they have the flag of... Yeah, the the nationality of each manager, and I got com- well, it, it got mixed up. We, you know, yeah. we went back to the desk, and yeah. VAR has come back to me a week later. Yeah, <laughs> and that's about the length of time. <laughs> exactly. VAR so I, I hold yeah. my hands up. I apologise. <laughs> yeah, that makes the score five all, of course. Okay, because you lost five four last week. So Jack, I'm taking the title away <laughs> from you. This is shocking. And um, fair is fair, Chris. There is your prize. <laughs> a whisper bar. Thank you, Stuart. Jack won a whisper last week for winning the quiz, so I think it's only fair that uh, you should get yours for uh, I managed to get five that one. That's, well. that's a recycled one. Is it? The one Thank I you. Last week. Thank you very much. <laughs> so there we go. That's out of the way. An apology. and um, Apology accepted. And, that's very um, kind. Yeah, we had a bit of fun doing the quiz while not exactly excelling ourselves, did we, Jack? So do you feel victorious now with five out of 12 like me? It's not going to be for us, is it? Yeah, it's, it's sort of mid-table at best, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, we're moving on then, guys. As you say, Chris, fantastic win for Argyle. Um, it probably feels like an age since Argyle last played, let alone enjoyed that sort of sweet taste of victory. Yeah, um, obviously the, the Exeter game was uh, still fresh in people's minds, I think. Argyle did play against Chelsea under-21s in the EFL Trophy after that game at St James's Park, but those games are quite easy to forget and uh, don't tend to linger long in the memory and you know it was interesting talking to Ryan Lowe and, and uh, Josh Grant after the game and both sort of saying you know how it was important they'd bounce back from Exeter they, they'd almost forgotten they'd played Chelsea under 21s as well they, you know those EFL trophy games don't don't really count I think as, as far as a lot of the managers and players are concerned and um, so yeah it did seem quite a while since that Exeter game uh, Jack was there as a fan. I was there high up in the press box, and when I say high, I mean high. It's uh, <laughs> any press as well. And yeah, there wasn't too many people there, was there? But uh, in in summary, I thought Argyle played pretty well first half. Should have been more than one nil up. Um, it could have made the game a lot easier for them. Start of the second half, you thought Bolton were building up a bit of momentum and applied some early pressure when they went a bit more direct. But the last half an hour or so, Jack, I, I felt reasonably comfortable, didn't you? No. No, 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 no not because of the performance. <laughs> just because, you know, when you follow a team like Argyle, you do, you just always worry there's going to be a last-minute goal, then there's going to be a replay. and So I didn't feel confident or, no. or particularly relaxed 
but that wasn't to do with the performance. That was just to do with being an Argyle fan. <laughs> um, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a particularly pretty game, was it? You know, no. it, but Argyle got the job done. There have been times this, this season where Argyle have played pretty football, played good football, and not got anything from it. So, in the FA Cup, as far as I'm concerned, as long as you get the win, that's all that matters. You know, Argyle are now in the second round. It it was gonna it was always gonna be tougher than what I thought it would be when the draw happened. As we said last week, I wanted to get Bolton away. That was the one I picked out mm. that I would like before the draw. But obviously, three wins in the last three games. They picked up a bit of form. I know they got a lot of injuries. It was never gonna be an easy easy game, but Argyle did what they had to do, and we're in the second round, and it'll be exciting for everyone to watch on Monday night. Yeah, was there a notable change? Do you think in in Argyle at Bolton compared to Argyle of recent weeks, where? You know, there has been some questions asked of um, formation and Brian Lowe sticking rigidly to that sort of 3-4-1-2 system that he really likes. Well, it was the same formation. Uh, Danny Mayer came back into the team and that meant there was no place for, for George Cooper. I think they defended better. Um, the, the back three did a, did a decent job against, you know, two proven, proven sort of lower league strikers in Chris O'Grady and... Daryl Murphy, and Daryl Murphy's probably been a bit better than that, actually, to be fair to him, over his career, although it is getting um, towards the latter stages. I think Josh Grant, you know, deserves a lot of credit for the, for the job he did. He went into the, the midfield holding role, and I thought he did a good screening job with the back three and prevented Bolton from, from getting too many balls into O'Grady and Murphy. And when Bolton did go direct to try to exploit the height of uh, O'Grady and Murphy. It was beneficial for Argyle to have Grant just sitting in front there, almost like an extra centre-back. You know, if it had been Joe Edwards, he wouldn't have been able to deal with the, the, the high balls coming in necessarily. But uh, So I thought Josh Grant worked, worked well. I thought it was a decent team performance. I thought they had a spell after they took the lead where for 20 minutes they played some really good stuff. Um, played through the lines like Ryan Lowe's often saying he wants them to do. Uh, Remy Matthews made three good saves, um, although you, you'd probably say the third one from Byron Moore. Byron Moore should have scored that one. He's, he's clear one-on-one. Uh, plenty of time and space to decide what he's going to do. But that they had a purple patch there where they could have finished the tie off. They didn't, but I, I thought they defended solidly. It's difficult for Bolton, isn't it? Uh, I, I thought they might be, play a bit better than they did on Saturday, Jack. I didn't feel they played that, that well. You know, they're coming off three... Successive yeah. wins. I'm not taking anything away from Argyle. Argyle defended well, kept them at arm's length quite well. Uh, I I just got sort of got a sense from the game that they've got bigger fish to fry yeah, in the FA Cup this possibly, year. You know, yeah. they face a very tough ass trying to stay in League One this year. It's it's possible, but it's it's not going to be easy. Um, perhaps this year that is more important than the FA Cup. He, Valinden wasn't playing, and I think he's a star few, man from what they've got. Seen. A few injuries as well, quite a few injuries. I think they've got like ten players out, haven't they? Yeah, so they were bringing players off the bench, young lads that perhaps weren't realistically going to make too much of a of an impact. Uh, it was it was a funny game. I thought Argyle deserved to win, but it wasn't a great game. It wasn't helped by the atmosphere as well, was it? You know, it's a, it's a lovely stadium. First time I've been, uh, twenty eight thousand seat stadium. Uh, and there was 6,992 and 1,200 Argyle fans. So it, it didn't have that FA Cup magic feel yeah. sort of about it. And that's what you forget sometimes. You know, you want these big grounds to go to and you sometimes forget, oh, if the crowd's not big and not, not lively, it sort of doesn't ruin it. But like you said, it's not quite got what you were hoping it would have. And it's a great ground. To walk. I mean, we walked mm. around it, didn't we? Had it. It's mm. not, we both agree that it's nice when you can walk around the ground and have yeah. a look. And yeah, you don't absolutely. get that a lot at League Two level. Um, but overall, I think it was a pleasing afternoon for most people connected to Argyle. 
Yeah, you mentioned Josh Grant there, Chris. Mm. Um, he was criticised at Exeter, mm. probably at fault for yeah. a couple of the goals. Mm. As you say, a new role, mm. by all accounts, he went really, really well for him. Yeah, no, fair play to him, because he, he did have a bad day against Exeter, and he would have known that. He, he wouldn't have needed too many people to tell him he'd had a poor game in the Devon derby. Uh, and he, he did well. Um, when he was in the starting lineup. He, I, I thought he'd perhaps go to right wing-back, but as I say, Joe Edwards went to right wing-back, um, Joe Riley was injured, and continuing to have problems with the arm that he broke uh, at Blackpool that time ago, mm. and he, he'd fallen over it on, on, um, on it during training on Friday, and so uh, there was a bit of a reshuffle, so if Joe Riley hadn't had that accident in training, then maybe he would have been at right wing back, and Joe Edwards would have been the holder midfield player, and Josh Bob wouldn't have played at all, but yeah. that's football for you, isn't it? Sometimes Absolutely. you get an opportunity that you're perhaps not expecting in a position you're not necessarily expecting to play him. Um, Josh said it was the first time he'd started a game there. He's, he's come on as a sub a couple of times in a midfield holding role late on in games, but this is the first time he'd ever played there. And um, yeah, I, I thought he did well. It was a good, good test of character for him. You know, one of those sort of, you know, you, you fall off the bike, you get back on it straight away and... Um, it would have done his confidence a lot of good. I don't know what you thought of, of him. Well, Jack. I said to you in the club, no, for me, he was the Argyle star man. I think he played superbly. When I've, I've got to be honest, when I first saw the team sheet and saw his name on it, I was a bit concerned. You know, I've, I thought Will Ameson might have come in before I understood the formation and where everyone was going to line up. Um, but he did very well. And it, it does show his character because that can't have been easy. He, like, mm. like Chris said, he would have known he made a couple of mistakes against Exeter. He's not been at his best a few times he's come on for that, including one... I can't remember what, who it was against now, but he did come on to try and preserve a lead. Maybe it was it Scunfort? Mm. And he was put yeah. on in that holding position and didn't do particularly well and they conceded late on. But he's, he, he really made up for it in that game. And as we've said many times on the podcast, all you can do as a player is when you get your chance, you've got to take it. And he's almost certainly, I'll be shocked he wasn't in the starting line in the same position in the, in the next game. Yeah. Um, Ryan Lowe said after the game that this win was for the mm. fans. He said they've obviously you know, had a rough couple, couple of weeks given the result in the Devon derby. Mm. Redemption for you, Jack, or does that only come if Argyle beat Exeter in the return? No, I mean I know what I'm around last week at fan, fans. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think there was a need for redemption as such. I, it was a bad game, but I, as I said to Chris, and I think I don't remember I said it on the podcast last week, the Exeter game I almost found it easy to take because Argyle were never in it compared to a few years ago when Ollie Watkins scored that late minute win, and that was tough to take, and I found that harder to get over. The four 0 I was sort of over it pretty quickly actually because it was just a poor game. So, but. You can't you can't make up for a four 0 defeat to Exeter by winning in the FA Cup. It goes some way, but you're right. Yeah. The Argyle fans that really care about that game will only care what they get next time they play Exeter. Will that be in the second round of the FA Cup? Who knows? We'll find out <laughs> on Monday night. Yeah. But it, it, it it's good for confidence, and hopefully that will lead to a more positive performance because there's some tough games coming up, which I'm sure we'll touch about soon. And and getting a clean sheet and getting a win against a team. A league above them, regardless of circumstance, I think yeah. is good a good morale booster. That goes back to my what he said there goes back to my point about that uh, Exeter game is still very much in people's minds, and the the fact that they played Chelsea in between that almost was irrelevant yeah. sort of thing. Um, Ryan I was quite keen to make that point, uh, and it isn't doesn't make up for a four 0 Devon Derby defeat. You know, that 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 takes a lot of paying back, <coughs> but nonetheless, it was you know to go to to Bolton. Uh, Jack put me on the spot in uh, when we were driving back on Saturday night. When was the last time Argyle beat higher level opposition in the FA Cup? And um, I couldn't think of the answer. So we, after about what ten fifteen minutes googling it and looking it through, we we worked out that it was twenty years ago. Twenty years really? ago since Argyle last beat a higher division opponent in the FA Cup, and it was Reading, who were then in uh, what is now League One. And Argyle were in what is League Two, 
And Argyle went to the Medeski Stadium, drew 1-1 with a late equaliser from Chris Hargreaves. And then the return uh, replay was at home park and uh, Reading played for a lot of the game with 10 men. And Mick Heathcote scored with a, with a late goal to send Argyle through uh, into the next round. So 20 years since Argyle last beat high-level opposition. So Got to make the most of it. You've got to make the most of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, who else stood out for you above Walton? Um, I, I thought Callum McFadden, um he had a little spell of games where it looked as though he'd almost like run out of steam a little bit. You know, he, he plays with <clears> such <throat> energy and, and drive and bombing up and down the, the left-hand side. And there was a couple of games where he felt, oh, it looks as though he he's almost needs a rest. Um, but I thought he was back to um, back to much more like himself uh, on Saturday. Not just the goal, but uh, which was a good finish, by the way, wasn't it? And, you it's, know, it's always looks better when it comes off the bar as well. Yeah, five, five goals in twenty games for him for a left. I know he's a wing back, but still, that's a that's an impressive return, isn't it? Yeah. So he's on an assist bonus at Argyle, not a goal bonus. Yeah. That's <laughs> <in a> downside. <laughs> so I thought I, I thought he he did well. I, I think Anthony Sarsovic's having a good good run of games at the moment uh, and that poses good problems for, for Ryan Lowe in who do you play in the centre of midfield um, because if you've got Danny Meyer and Anthony Sarsavik there then where do the likes of George Cooper and Josie Baxter need to be? I, I do wonder if having Danny Meyer and George Cooper who are two very good on paper players is, mm. is getting the best out of Sarsavik mm. because he's playing very well this year mm. and, and they're probably the two toughest yeah. um, teammates he's had to compete with for a spot I would say so maybe that is bringing the best out because he's been superb recently yeah he's, he's really you know playing with a lot of drive and energy and you know in the past I think people have sort of questioned his consistency a little mm. bit and he can blow a little bit hot and cold but I think he's I think he's playing really well this season you know? he, to me he seems one of those players and he, he proved it at Fleetwood really where he was fantastic in League 2 mm. Making that step up to League One is, you know, there, there is a step up, no matter what anyone says. You know, it's just maybe just a bit. And, and, and he's say, struggled with fitness a bit mm. over recent times. He's been injury free for Touchwood yes. for quite a lot of the season, so maybe he's just needed that period of time mm. where he's not back on the physio table trying to sort something out, and he's been able to keep his fitness up. So maybe, obviously, that's a that's a big bonus as well. Yeah, well, as you say, Jack, it's the uh, the draw on Monday evening. Later on this evening, we're recording on. Monday morning. Who do you want in round two? I'm so excited for this draw. <laughs> I, 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 we, we, we all love the FA Cup, so we've spoken yeah. about that before. I love good old-fashioned draws, not ones that are done in random places or potentially in space or whatever they're thinking of. I just like ones that are done at... Done I at can some, feel another round coming on here. Yeah, yeah. I think we all agree there, don't we? I think I just love Wait, it. They're doing it at Chichester. Yeah, I, lo- I love the fact that the BBC, just give them the credit where credit's due, I love the fact they do it at these grounds in the early rounds. They meet some of the characters behind it. Mm. They talk a little bit, but not too much to some of the people. It shows what they mean to them when Chichester got the bye in the last round the, the scenes that when they all jumped up that's what you want to see that's mm. what I want to see in FA Cup draw but to answer your question I know I've not answered it and I've been ranting for a, for a little <laughs> while but for me it's got to be someone like Maldon, Tiptree, Chichester, Kingstonian someone at home like that that gives I've got a very good chance of getting into the third round now I remember Dorchester and I remember mm. Starbridge, well, I do not want in the next one. Starbridge away would be the worst one, I think. But, you know, there have been slip ups before. It is possible to happen, but those are the ties that will give you the best chance of getting into the third round and potentially meeting a Premier League team. Yeah. Like, on their day, Argyle should beat any of those teams. Yeah, I agree. I always think you want a non league team. You know, I, I know there's that risk of an upset, but you get the national attention, mm. and as you say, it is the best opportunity mm. to get into the third round. And, you know, it's, you're more likely to beat them than you are Peterborough or Bristol mm. City or Rovers, whatever, or, or any Forest Green Rovers, anyone like that, you know, where they are, you could argue they're winnable, but it's, mu- it's going to be much tougher. 
Um, you want those chances. You want to try and get into the third round. We've spoken about how good it would be this year because the grandstand's opening. And we all remember Liverpool a few years ago, how much of a carnival atmosphere it sort of brings. It sort of reminds you of the championship days. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'm sure all Argyle fans will be watching it tonight. I think you're going to be live vlogging it, aren't you? Uh, yes. You said so. Yep. Keep an eye out on that. It's, it's going to be good, hopefully. Hopefully a nice draw. We got, we got what we wanted last time. Just mm. not someone let Peterborough away. That, that, I know they, they only drew Peter or Stevenage, but that'll be the worst. Yeah, you'd fancy them to win the replay, mm. wouldn't you? Chris, who, who do you want? Yeah, at home, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you don't want to travel. That's the only reason why. Home's good. And, I mean, any game in the, in the FA Cup is, is an important one for, for yourselves and for the opposition. You, you wouldn't want to disrespect any opponent. But clearly, home to a non-league side gives you the best opportunity of going through. So, any of those would uh, would do me. Mm. But uh, it would just be this season with the grandstand about to reopen. Mm. Uh, you know, if you got into the third round and you know, keeping everything crossed, you uh, you got a Premier League team at, at home park. It'd be fantastic. What a way to sort of you know properly open the grandstand to get the ground full and have it all functioning and opening. So. It would be perfect timing if Argyle could actually get to the third round. Um, so, yeah, we'll find out tonight and um, yeah, keep our fingers crossed. Would you feel a bit nervous if Argyle did draw Starbridge, though? That's still my bad memories. Yeah, Starbridge was a, <laughs> was a, was a grim night. Um, not the easiest working conditions either as well. No. So, from a purely uh, selfish point of view. So, uh, But, you know, Starbridge have, have been really good in the FA Cup over the years. Yeah. It's not just Argyle that they've... Uh, They've uh, beaten, but uh, no, I'd rather not go back there. If, it, yeah, if they, they actually, I was watching the FA Cup highlights mm. program on BBC Two last night, and they mm. made a point about Stour Bridge. Mm. I think it's something like four of the last yeah. six years yeah, that they've got to round one, and they're mm. what I don't even know what league they're mm. in. Southern Central, something, something like, like that, that yeah. league or something. Yeah. Same league as Tiverton, I think, or something like and that. And that's the great thing about these early stages. You get the stories of people being carpenters in the day and footballers mm. at night and, and that's the other good thing if Argo did get Chichester you know I hope you know, maybe that would be on TV and you, you yeah. like that you know I, I, as an Argo fan I like Argo being on TV I like people to see my team and that doesn't happen very often mm. admittedly when it does then to, 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 to lose but <laughs> it all goes wrong but I know what you mean uh, as you say though Chris um, sorry just keep you under the table no, that's right. that. <laughs> no, um, tackle. yeah two games over the weekend for Argyle and a yep. lot of the players did stay up north mm. um, the Premier League Cup at Everton and a credible one-all draw for Argyle yeah very credible draw um, when you consider that Everton are the cup holders and they included Umar Nias a £13.5 million striker that they signed from Locomotive Moscow so uh, <laughs> As somebody rightly pointed out, you know, much more than the cost of Argyle's new grandstand. And there's one guy <laughs> playing for Everton under 23s. I think he, he's either coming back from injury or out of favour. But uh, he played for Everton. Uh, and a good result for Argyle. Argyle it is an under 23s competition, the Premier League Cup. But it should be said that you can play um, up to three overage outfield players. And Argyle made the most of the opportunity by giving a um, good amount of game time to Billy Clark and Ryan Taylor, who are both 31. So um, slightly sort of getting away from the under-23 field, but you, you're allowed to do that. Dom Telford also um, got a best part of an hour in as well, which was good for him because he made his comeback from injury at Bolton mm -hmm. on Saturday as a very late substitute. You know, only got a couple of minutes towards the end of the game, but he got an hour in um, against Everton uh, in a game that was played at Southport. Ryan Lowe and Stephen Schumacher were both there, so they had a good chance to see how uh, Taylor and Clark and uh, Telford shaped up. Um, the main talking point from all the things I saw, I didn't stay up for that one, but you read the reports from the Liverpool Echo and the Everton website, uh, and then there's a, a, a YouTube clip out there which uh, you can find on the Plymouth Live website, and I would 
strongly recommend you having a look at it if you get the chance. Um, our goalkeeper Michael Cooper made some fantastic saves. He really was on top form, and you read the reports from the from the Everton website and the Liverpool Echo, and they were raving about him. And then you watch these YouTube highlights, and he's made some fantastic saves during the game. And I do think it is encouraging uh, concerning him. Um, he played a Central League game a couple of weeks ago, which I saw at Home Park against Southend. Uh, and he and a guy um, whose name escapes me had a, almost like a one-on-one battle, uh, and he made some really good saves in that game. He then played against Chelsea under-21s in the EFL Trophy, and Chelsea had a striker called Charlie Brown up front, and again, it was almost like a personal duel between Cooper and Brown, and Cooper was really good that night, um, so much so that he was put up by the club to speak to the media after the game, uh, and he was talking about how he's rediscovered his confidence and he's been working well in training and he, he feels like his game's getting better. So then having had a really good game against Chelsea in the EFL Trophy and then built on it with a probably an even better performance by the looks of it against Everton, that's really encouraging signs. But, you know, uh, over a period of time now, his, his form has really picked up and Alex, uh, Alex Fletcher, Alex Palmer has generally had a good season. Yeah. But... Having seen Michael Cooper now in the last few games, uh, Alex Palmer needs to be playing really well. Because if his performance levels drop, I, I, I would have no problem now with Mike Cooper playing for Argyle in the league if it needs to be. And I think that's where I've always thought, you know, he's clearly always had a lot of potential. But I have been, and Danny Salmon would always disagree with me, <laughs> that young goalkeepers you know they need to be absolutely bang on before you really give them a go in league football I wouldn't have a problem with playing him in league football now he, he's he's in form um, he's he's improving he's growing in confidence so I, I hope Alex Palmer continues to do really well because you know you don't want your, your goalkeeper to go through a bad run of form but if he did or if you know touch with it this doesn't happen that you get got injured I think Michael Cooper is more than good enough now to, to play league football. I think that's really encouraging. And it'll be interesting to know, you know we're not going to know, but the conversations he's probably having with Ryan Lowe, and Ryan's yeah. saying, look, Alex Palmer's on Lowe next season. Mm. You know, he's battling for a first-choice jersey. If it's not this season, which he is battling with you know, mm. one other person, but yeah. next season he'll be the, the main I'll keep it on the books, yeah. won't he? So I'm sure there's conversations there as well. But that it was, it, that, was an, that was an impressive result. You, you, you've got a couple of senior players, like I say, Playing, but Everton had Nias, so you know he's twenty nine and a Senegal international. So it's not like it I'm was worth more than the whole of the Argos. I'm worth more than <laughs> well, most most well, of the home part. team as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So that was a good that was a good result from some of the younger players. Got a chance to play uh, Isaac Bird and Jarvis Cleal, who are apprentices. It was interesting to note that a lot of the, the on loan players played as well. Dorchester didn't have a game at the weekend. So, Clardy Lollis and Mike Peck both played. Truro had a, I think it was a Southern League Cup game. So, Luke Jeffcott played for Argyle uh, on Sunday rather than on Saturday. So, it was a good opportunity, I think, for Ryan Lowe and Stephen Schumacher to see the, the younger ones and the ones that have been out on loan and see how they're developing and how they're getting on. He gave a name check to Luke Jeffcott last week in the press conference and seems as though he's ticking all the boxes from what he wants from his loan spell at Truro. So in January, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with Jeffcott. Um, so two draws now, is it? In the, two in draws the... in the Premier League Cup. So they've drawn, at Wat, uh, drawn with Watford, 1-1, and they've drawn with Everton. So, you know, that's that's a good good going. Two games into a, um, the group, the six group games. They're away to Fulham next uh, at the end of the month. But uh, that competition is really quite useful because... Mm. 
you know, to, to give you young players good experience of playing against decent opposition is one thing, but then you can play the likes of Telford, mm. Taylor and Clark, yeah. and it's a proper proper run out for them. Yeah. So, and as you say, you can also play those players that are out on loan, so it yeah. ticks so many boxes. It, it, but... it works really well. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've got a third in the table after the first rounds of, of games. Watford are a top on four points, Fulham a second on three, Argyle a third on two, and Everton surprisingly are bottom with one, all played two games, six group games each, top two go through to the next stage. So it's a big ask to expect Argyle to go through, but they're giving a good account of themselves early holding on. Their, holding their own at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. Uh, Derek Adams is back in management, chaps. Um, took up the job at Morecambe last week, replacing Jim Bentley, of course, who left for AFC File. Dave Searle is asking, do you think he will talk to you after the game next month? Yes, I'm sure I will. <laughs> I've already um, texted him and congratulated him on his appointment and uh, he replied and said thank you very much and looking forward to see, seeing him at uh, Home Park on December the 14th. So um, I'm, I'm pleased for, for Derek to be back in management. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a bit low down and you know, couldn't he have done a bit better in terms of the club that he's gone to? Um, it's a tough task Morecambe if they're not the lowest budget in League 2 it's one of the lowest budgets they're going to be fighting to stay in the Football League um, so it's not an easy task but the one thing about Derek that, that I learnt about him well one, two things he was at Ross County and he took Ross County from a very small club with a limited budget into the Scottish Premiership so it's not an unusual situation for him to be at a club with not a lot of resources Um and so you, 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 have, you have to be in management. You, you can't afford to be out of management for too long. Uh, there's lots of examples of managers that have perhaps waited for a better job and then that better job's never come along. And I'm sort of thinking the likes of, sort of David O'Leary, Alan Kirbishley, people like that, that were good managers at a high level, but waited and waited and they've never got back in. And Ian Holloway? Ian Ho- uh, yeah, yeah, and Ian Holloway's a, a, yeah, that's, that's a fair point as well. There almost comes a point in time where people see you as an ex-manager. Um, I think Derek can go into Morecambe he'll be able to put his stamp on that club I'm sure that's what he liked doing at Argyle um, when he, certainly when he first went in he put in his mark having a say on everything making that his club so it's, it's a tough task it'd be interesting to see uh, what he does uh, in terms of backroom staff because the caretaker managers have been Kevin Ellison and Barry Roach two really good servants to Morecambe over a lot of years haven't they those two yeah. players I would have thought those are the sort of people that you'd want around you at, at the club. Almost like a Paul Watton. Almost exactly like a Paul Watton. Something like that. Just And Ellison's still scoring goals, isn't he? Yeah. A 40, yeah. I think he is. So, uh, and Barry Roach was always a good, good dependable goalkeeper as well, wasn't he? So, yeah. I'm sure he would like to have perhaps been in an ideal world higher up the football pyramid. But if he goes there, keeps Morecambe up, gets him pushing up the table and then see where things go from there. You you were surprised, weren't you, Jack? Yeah, I think job. I think I think everyone would have been surprised. I mean, I think we all agree that Derek's CV maybe could have got him a League One job. I wouldn't have expected him to take the bottom club in League Two. But Chris is right. You know, you, you can't stay out for too long. So I, I I get that. All I will say is it adds a bit of spice to it. Mm. Otherwise, what we're doing is quite a, not very flamboyant affair between no, Morgan and next month. And he'll get to be there for the opening of the grandstand, yes. ironically, yeah. which uh, yeah, which, he, which he you know had a big part in. So. 
it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I know Argo fan want to lose that game, that's for sure. You know, I hope it, I hope it does well. Morecambe are a club that do well to stay in the <clears throat> League Two, and there's only one relegation this year, so it's probably not a bad year to come in and try and keep them up. Mm. But his big footsteps he follows, you know, it's not easy to follow someone that's been in management for a, for a long time at one club, so. No. It'd be interesting to see what he does. I mean, there's a couple of players that you could connect to yep. Derek Adams at work at the moment. Like mm. We spoke about David Fox last week, didn't we, yep. Jack? I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if... Uh... <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that, because <laughs> um, David Fox was at Bolton on Saturday. Oh, really? Commentating for, uh, for Radio Devon, and um, he came into the media suite and said hello, and how are you? And... Uh, and almost one of the first things he said to me was, "No, and no, I'm not signing for Morecambe." Oh, really? <laughs> so you can rule that one out. <laughs> so it's surprising to not see him at a club at the moment. I mean, Fox was arguably one of Argyle's better players last season. Yeah, I, I think he was the he was hoping for the Barrow uh, contract, which fell through. I think we talked about that on the yeah. podcast before, didn't we? I, I think he's still open to the idea of getting back into part time football, um, but he's doing some um, work on a on a website which um, is sort of like um, does videos for coaches of, of watching training sessions and then you can pick up ideas from them. So, for example, he went to Barrow um, and they filmed Barrow training and then they put it on this website and then any coach, you know, from under 10s right the way through can watch a professional, you know, training session and, and learn lessons off it. So I think he's quite excited about um, that. We'll have to try and get him on the podcast because yeah. he's, he's very good on the, on the radio and... Um, yeah, I mean he's good. He's good value for for money, Foxy. You always get um, plenty of good stories. We're talking about Gary Sawyer, for example, uh, playing for Exeter against Man United all those years ago in the FA Cup. And of course, David Fox was at Manchester United at the time, um, so he was at that game at Old Trafford when Exeter drew. And of course, his dad was Exeter manager for for quite a while, wasn't he? So he was he was around there. So um, yeah, so we were talking about you know who could possibly uh, ex Argyle players that could pop up and. Uh, you know, Craig Tanner, I don't think, has got a job at the no, club at the moment. So is that a possibility? Greg Wilde, you know, who's been on loan to Morecambe before. So you wouldn't be surprised. Derek Adams has a, a, a track record of signing players that he's worked with before. So, um, yeah, watch this space. You wouldn't be surprised if a, an ex-player, Argyle player or two, ended up at Morecambe. Uh, on to this weekend then, finally, guys. Mm. Um, Forest Green Rovers away. No, it's a uh, <laughs> case of vegan burgers, onion bars, and mint tea for you. Chaps this weekend rather than a pint of lager Mars bar on a chicken chicken bowlie pie. Yeah, I'm not sure my pieometer review is going to work very it's well this week. With this one, no, <laughs> no, no. It's going to be a tough ask though. You know, yeah. On the pitch, a very tough ask. I think you should tip them for promotion yeah, after the really season last season. I, I just think Mark Cooper's done a brilliant job there. He's built them year on year on year since they've come into the football league. They narrowly missed out on the playoff final last year. I mean, you could have thrown a blanket over all four last year. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this year, I think they will go one I step further. It's another case, though, isn't it, of a manager being given time to build something yeah. at a club. And now, you know, you don't always get it straight away. You, sometimes you've got to be a bit patient, no matter what your aims and ambitions are. And they're scoring goals of fun at the moment, aren't they? They're able to keep clean sheets. And they lost they lost Deutsch once or twice mm-hmm. before, actually, to Bolton. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and now he's gone again. And They lost Reese Brown as well over the summer. They've managed to, re- managed to replace them. And, you know, fair play, you know, because they're not the biggest team in the world. They don't have the biggest ground in the world. But they're playing some, not, some of the nicest football yeah. at this level. At the moment. Oh, it must be really difficult to attract a player to Forest Green Rovers, you know. It literally is in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Yeah. I mean, have fun I'm, with the Wi-Fi, by the way. Yes, yeah, so no, I'm not, <laughs> not really looking forward to that. Uh, it could be a bit of a challenge when we're doing the live blog on uh, on Saturday. I've been there once before for a pre-season game. That was an amazing game where Argo went 3-0 down. It was in Derek Adams' first year as manager and they came back to win 5-3. 
Um, so I'd, I'd take a repeat of that, although that would probably make the live blog and uh, changing the headline every time there's a goal a bit tricky. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you, you have to be impressed with what Forest Green are, are doing at the moment. They went to Cheltenham a couple of weeks ago in the league. Cheltenham have had a fantastic start El to the Glossico. season. El Glossico, the local derby. They won that one 2-1. I thought that was a really impressive result. And then uh, you have to uh, I have to apologise. Can't remember the opposition, but they they won four 0 in the FA Cup on Saturday, and apparently it was just a brain tree. Brain tree was it? it? But it was a root. You know they ruthless. Yeah. You know informed team showing no mercy to the the lower level visitors. And um, this will be an interesting test, and how it will bounce back from that exodus. Yeah. Defeat Because yeah. you know this this on paper is 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 a really tough game, and uh, Argyle are going to have to play well. Uh, they've got. Bradford as well, who are currently second at home um, the following Saturday. So we're going to learn a lot about Argyle these next two games and uh, how their season's going to shape out and how high up the table they can aim for, I think, based on how they do and the, the amount of points they pick up from these two games. Yeah, one lad they've got is Jack Hinchson, on loan from uh, Celtic, who's a Scored very good player. Game. Yeah, worth keeping an eye on. Right, well, gents, thanks ever so much. That's all we've got time for this week. A big thank you, as I say, to Chris and Jack for joining me. We'll be back with more of the same next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at Herald PAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.